Welcome to the Lock Sportscast, your weekly source for Lock Sport news and sometimes interviews. This is episode 69, recorded September 25th, 2021. I'm your host, Charles Current. In today's episode, regulating locksmiths, Tony's peaking streak hits 1,000, scanning the Urban Alps stealth key, a new Jeff Moss interview, two new black belts, car thieves robbing locksmiths at gunpoint to get programmers and other criminal stories, meetups, new products, sales giveaways, and more. And just a quick note for those of you watching the video version, this is the only time you will have to see my face this week. Lucky you, because I failed to get a good video recording. The audio I should have, but there was no video recorded, and I'm not exactly sure why. So I'm recording this intro over again just for, just to let you know. So hopefully next week we'll be back like normal. You can subscribe to the audio version of the show on most podcast apps and at thelocksportscast.com. If you don't already have one, you can find a Podcasting 2.0 compatible app at newpodcastapps.com. You can subscribe to the video version on YouTube or Odyssey. Links to stories discussed will be in the show notes. YouTube and some apps limit the length of show notes and links, but you can always find the full show notes with all the links at thelocksportscast.com. First up, I need to acknowledge my error in judgment last week and apologize to Bosnian Bill. In the initial release of episode 68, I had used what may be his real name. At the time of recording, the name was publicly attached to his channel and showed up in YouTube and Google searches for Bosnian Bill. However, as I even stated in the video, that was quite possibly a mistake in the YouTube system that was slow to update when he rebranded. Shortly after the episode was published, several people contacted me to let me know that the name wasn't attached to the channel any longer and it was uncool of me to have used the name in the episode, and of course they were right. I should have thought about it more before releasing the episode, but unfortunately I didn't. I immediately pulled the episode down, edited the name out, but unfortunately it was heard by a percentage of you, and all I can do is apologize for my poor judgment, so I'm sorry, Bill, for that uh, public release, and uh, thank you to those of you who called me out on it, and as it turns out, That whole story was kind of uh, a waste anyway, because as it turns out, Bill reverted everything back to Bosnian Bill name this week anyway, so there was no actual rebranding, so that was not one of my best episodes. First up in the news this week, we have several tweets by the Master Locksmiths Association highlighting their efforts to try and get the locksmith industry regulated. First one said, Mark Pozzi will make the compelling case for regulation of the locksmith industry to help protect consumers. The second said, speaking to home office ministers, Mark Pozzi said he's pleased to support the Master Locksmith Association as they seek industry regulation and a harder line on rogue locksmiths who rip off customers and put members of the public at risk. The third said, MPs from across the House of Commons told that an effective scheme in the UK would make it illegal to trade and employ the services of an unlicensed locksmith. To obtain a license, applicants would require vetting, proof of competence, and undergo inspections. The last said, To protect consumers, Mark Pozzi urged the UK government to amend the Private Security Industry Act of 2001 or introduce new legislations to require all locksmiths to be licensed. 
That's the latest on that. The next story was sent in to me with the comment, something us Locksport participants need to keep in mind, even if you're doing nothing wrong or illegal, you may have to defend yourself. And the story was titled, How Police Monitor Social Media to Find Crime and Track Suspects. The article states that police are scrolling through social media to find crime and check up on potential suspects, raising concerns about surveillance in an increasingly online world. Monitoring public posts on platforms like Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is a common way police departments across the country collect information about individuals or specific types of activities. Representatives of the Michigan State Police and Detroit Police Department say officers manually search public posts and also feed social media posts to facial recognition algorithms that hunt for similarities between millions of faces collected in police databases. If your privacy settings are set to public, bet on law enforcement being able to access your profile. Facebook posts were a key source of digital evidence for FBI agents investigating the U.S. Capitol riot on January 6th. Federal prosecutors cited public posts and information provided by Facebook in charging documents. Six federal agencies also reported using images from protests and civil uprisings sparked by the death of George Floyd in May 2020. Critics argue that collecting the faces of millions of Americans, including many who didn't commit a crime, opens more people up to being misidentified. However, law enforcement groups say facial recognition technology is a valuable crime-fighting tool when used correctly. Question is, do they actually use it correctly all the time? A recent report from the U.S. Government Accountability Office found 20 federal agencies own or use a system with facial recognition technology. It also found more than a dozen federal agencies didn't know the full scope of their facial recognition efforts and lacked effective means to track the technology's use. On the lighter side, the next item is a cosplay lockpick holder for your arm. It says this is not an instructable about how to make or purchase lockpicks, But if you already have them for a costume, this will help you print holders for a lockpicking bracer. Since it is cosplay, you want to show off the tools of the trade if you are playing a character who picks locks. Assassin, thief, cat burglar, or general shadow runner. Any sane person would want to conceal lockpicks, and I do not have any instruction for that. To fit my character, a cyberpunk, the picks were meant to look well-used and beloved. For the extra touch, they were wrapped with friction tape, weathered, and given names. This holder is comfortable and can be worn all day over the shirt sleeve. The parts are easy to find or purchase, and the printable files I designed are included. So, just a series of pick holders wrapped around the person's arm, secured with what looks like to be an elastic banding. So... Sounds like this person doesn't actually pick locks. It's just uh, strictly for cosplay, but still kind of cool. Moving on to community news. First up, congratulations to Lock Noob. He hit 75,000 subscribers last week. So definitely growing there and well-deserved. Congratulations, Lock Noob. Also received a note from Tequila Dave. Says, hi, Charles. Hope all is well. Just an update on Tony's picking streak. If all goes well, he will have picked his 1,000th lock on Sunday, the 26th. Hopefully, just in time for your next podcast. It wouldn't surprise me if he's reached 1,001 by the time this goes out. I can see him aiming for three years now. Just to recap, for a UKLS challenge, he has picked a different lock every day since January 1st, 2019, 
and I would like to congratulate him on the impressive milestone. Keep up the sterling work, Tequila Dave. So congratulations to Tony for the amount of commitment that takes. Just a reminder, he is picking a different lock every single day. That takes a lot of commitment to procure the locks, arrange for people to send you locks, whatever it takes to have a different lock to pick every single day for a thousand days. That's just, that's amazing commitment. So very well done. And right before recording today, I found a post on the lockpicking subreddit about scanning the Urban Alps stealth key. It was by user Thomas OpenScan. And it said, scanning the uncopyable key with only an iPhone, Raspberry Pi, and some household items. Now it is time to wait for the 3D print to finish, and hopefully the copy will work. I might do a tutorial on this technique at some point. And when asked how this was accomplished, he replied, I used some silicone to fill the inner part of the key and did two scans, one of the metal key and one of the silicone inner part and combined those two digitally. So far, it took me roughly four hours, mostly retrying the molding and figuring out how to do the digital combination of the two parts, as I have never done that before. But I think it can be done in 15 to 45 minutes plus printing time. And for now, I'm printing the key in standard gray resin, and so far it looks very, very promising. I'll try to follow up on that next week and see how well that project is progressing. Also received a note from Holly, who said, Hello, I'm organizing the virtual lockpicking village at ShellCon. I don't have specific schedule information yet, but I can say that presentations will include making tools, handcuff escapes, NATO locks, impressioning, and of course, lockpicking fundamentals and more. I'm still building the schedule and I will let you know when I have more information. So I look forward to that. We'll have more information on ShellCon in the meetup section coming up. And a quick update on Brummie's Corbin Lock. As of this recording, I have just received the package from Starry Lock that contains Brummie's Corbin. So the timer has started and hopefully I'll get some time to start trying to pick it after recording and editing this. Four videos this week. First up, CLK Supplies interviewed Jeff Moss last week. The video was entitled Becoming a Locksmith, the story of Jeff Moss. And the description reads, Locksmith Jeff Moss went from an IT career to dabbling in locksport to being full-time locksmith. Everyone's story is different, but this one is particularly interesting because of the overlap and mindset Jeff has between his old career and his current one. And you can also find the interview on the Lock Boss Show audio podcast if you prefer that format. I will try to have a link to both in the show notes. Jeff also took part in the Lock Boss Giveaway live stream. It was entitled Lock Boss Giveaway with Jeff Mossman Moss, and I will provide a link to that in the show notes as well. And if you're interested, the first Lock Sportscast interview was with Jeff, so you can find that on this channel if you want to go listen to that. This next video is another one of those Indian videos, this one called Locksmith in Mohan Singh Market, New Delhi. It says the locksmith opens up your home, car, or cupboard lock if you have lost the key on the basis of a master key and charges only about US $1 for the job, including making a replacement key for you. One finds them roaming the roads in India waiting for clients. And this is very much like the others I've seen, except this guy only has hand tools. He's got a portable toolkit, 
sitting under a tree using basically hand tools. You have simple hammers, files, punches, and the like, and charging very little for his work. So it'll make you appreciate how easy we have it with all of our power tools to do a lot of this work. They're, uh, they're working with just hand tools and they're actually refurbishing the locks. They don't just toss it out because it doesn't work anymore. He, it looks like he was taking it apart and straightening metal pieces and going through and making new keys. A lot of reuse. Moving up to meetups for this week, we have ShellCon, which is an InfoSec con, but does have a lockpicking village, and it is on October 8th and 9th. Uh, again, Holly is the one organizing the virtual lockpicking village. Be sure to go there and check that out. It's shellcon.io, link in the show notes. SaintCon, October 18th through the 22nd at the Utah Valley Convention Center in Provo, Utah. Lockpicking Lawyer is a keynote speaker. And the last couple of weeks, I had been saying that if you go there, you can uh, say hi to Rubber Band. But unfortunately, this week he put out a post that said, Hey, everyone, I don't think I'll be able to make it to SaintCon this year after all. However, I'll be running a sale for the week of SaintCon on my site, updates to follow. So. Unfortunately, sounds like that plan has been scrapped. But if you want to go to St. Con, go to stcon.org to find out more information. The MLA Expo 21 is October 22nd through the 24th at Telford International Center in Telford, UK. And that is locksmiths.co.uk slash MLA-expo. Link in the show notes because that's a lot to try and remember to type in. And Lock Camp in Lockhart, Texas at Lockhart State Park, November 12th through the 14th. And that's at lock.camp. Link in the show notes as well. In new products this week, we have Lockpick Extreme has updated their $5 repinning kit and it now includes an anodized plug follower. So the total contents of the kit are listed as 20 serrated driver pins, 20 spool driver pins, 20 standard driver pins, 20 springs, 30 key pins, and a 2-inch aluminum plug follower, all for $5. That sounds like a really good deal for the Locksport hobbyist. So I will have a link in the show notes. And UKLockPickers.co.uk has a hard case custom tool storage thing with new pre-cut foam so you can design your own space for your tools. The inner foam has these pre-cut squares in the foam that you can tear out to make your own custom fit for your application. So I will have a link for that in the show notes as well, in case that's something you're interested in. For Lockpickers United belts this week, we have two new red belts. We have Strix and Vintage both earned their red belts. Congratulations to both of you. And we also have two new black belt announcements. The first one reads, please welcome Yom to the rank of black belt. Yom is a strong participant in our Reddit community, having mentored under Yabende. He has picked the Asa Twin Pro and Matra C43. For Epic Quest, Yom has mastered key impressioning and made a nice cutaway lock. The second reads, yet another black belt to welcome to the fold. Duckfax has picked his way through the Urban Alps Stealth Key and the Dom IX Twin Star and the Asa Twin 6K with Gins. For Epic Quests, he took on Key Impressioning with a couple of very good tips. 
and has shown off his creative abilities with the famous duck tray, which you should definitely reach out to him and purchase. So congratulations and very well done to both of you. For those of you not already familiar with the Lockpickers United Belt System, there are links in the show notes to the official rules page as well as some videos that explain the system if you don't want to read through all of that. Moving on to speedlocks.org, we have two new records. Ranger set a record for the Dom Plura in 54.027 seconds, HV Logic for the Mako 425 in 20.4 seconds. And it would appear after Rune's recent and unanticipated withdrawal from the Locksport community and Speedlocks, the team over at Speedlocks were apparently caught off guard and are regrouping. The following message was posted in the Reddit and their Discord, and it reads, Dear Locksport community, you might have noticed that Runepicker recently left a lot of communities for personal reasons. He also left the speedlocks.org team without notifying us before he announced it to the public. The speedlocks.org team will carry on without him, and we are working on some very cool new features for our community. Runepicker also announced the cancellation of the Tournament of Champions. This was also not a team decision, and we were not informed. The admins who are no longer in the tournament will take over the running of the tournament. Right now, we are working on getting the promised pride pool from Runepicker. As soon as we know more, we will inform you. Please be assured that we will do what we can to salvage the tournament prize pool. If you have any questions, please get in contact with us and stay safe. That's signed Reed, Panda Frog, Heavy Metal Head, Froggy Picker, and HV Logic. And now it's time to take a quick break. Say thank you to the people that made this episode possible. I'd like to say a special thank you to JHP Picking for becoming the newest $5 a month patron. And with that, producers for this episode include Patreon subscribers Medler, Panda Frog, Michael Gilchrist, Starrylock, Williams Brain, Dave to be deciphered, Pat from Uncensored Tactical, PH Picker, Three Raccoons in a Coat, Cherell, Patty Cakes, Dr. Hogmaster, Clayton Howard, aka Cool Tune, Mog, John Locke, Rat Yoke, Mr. Picker, Cranky Lock Picker, Real Tater, and JHP Picking. Chief content for producer for this episode is I Fisk, who just beat out Cherell this week. Other content producers for this episode include Cherell, aka Anthony, Good Guy, also known as Beanie A to Z on Twitter, Holly, HV Logic, Jeff Moss, Jimmy Longs, Joshua Gonzalez, Lock Kraken, Michael Gilchrist, Panda Frog, Sec Philometh, Tequila Dave, Tony Verley, and Vent. Thank you for all of your support. So remember, this show is only possible because of that support. So if you find value in this podcast, please help support it by sending in your news, links, events, giveaway information, anything you have that's even remotely related to Locksport. If you think the community might enjoy hearing about it, send it in to me at podcast at locksportscast.com or any of the other methods listed in the show notes or at the locksportscast.com slash support. You all have your own little groups, communities, YouTube channels that you follow, your own friends in the Locksport community in real life and online. You might know something that other people don't. Even if you think it's common in your part of the community, it may not be in another part. So send it in and I will make sure everybody hears it. Also, don't forget to share the podcast with your lockpicking friends in person or online. Doesn't matter. Every little bit of sharing helps. You can leave a review on your favorite podcast platform or a comment and a thumbs up on YouTube or Odyssey. Also, you can subscribe to the podcast or, or YouTube or Odyssey channels if you like. 
And if you want, you can support financially by PayPal or Patreon. If you subscribe on Patreon, you do get a private RSS feed that will give you the episode a little bit early when I finish editing it, not the normal Monday publish time. It's usually just about a day early, but it is about the only benefit patrons get. Moving on to the state of the podcast, just remember I'm looking for lock sport journey story. So if you have an interesting story of how you got started in or have progressed through Locksport, you can feel free to send that in to me at podcast at the locksportscast.com or any of the other contact methods. Also, if you would like to send me feedback, let me know I screwed something up like I did last week or have something that else that you want shared on the show, you can send that to all the same contact information. Just make sure that it's reasonable length, polite, work and family safe, not political and not just drama if you want to share it on the show. For our locksmith story this week, we have a story out of Milwaukee. Car thieves target locksmiths to steal key fob programmer. Police think the thieves are targeting computers used to program key fobs on newer cars. The story says, car thieves have set their eyes on a new target, Milwaukee locksmiths. The latest one to be robbed at gunpoint was Tuesday night. Police say they think thieves are targeting the computers used to program key fobs on newer cars. It was the second armed robbery in four days. The article says, Fearing retaliation, the owner of Lucky Locksmith spoke to WISN 12 about the armed robbery, but asked not to be identified. The owner said, As soon as my technician arrived on site, he got surprised by two armed men. At that point, they took all his belongings and stole the work vehicle. Uh, it sounds like the thieves drove off with the later drove off with the key fob programmer and left the van. The owner said that there was still fingerprint dust from where the police pulled evidence from the van. The article also says armed robbers targeted another van and one of his other technicians Friday night in Milwaukee. And locksmith Diego Barrera said he is taking extra precautions after being robbed at gunpoint earlier this year. WISN12 asked why the key fob programmer was sought after. Barrera said, basically, they can program 70 to 80% of the brands Dodge, Ford, Nissan. Milwaukee police sent a bulletin to other police departments warning that the equipment targeted has the ability to plug into any vehicle's ignition and program the key fobs and override the vehicle's security system to start a vehicle. Police said the car thieves have been using stolen key fob computers in the Chicago area since September of last year. They re-encode key fobs and bypass security systems on vehicle. So far, no arrests have been made, and police have not released any other information. In another article I found about the same set of events, police say they are asking people to take the following precautions to stay safe. Please obtain specific contact information, i.e. phone numbers, full names, and addresses of the individuals you will be meeting to assist with the programming of keys prior to your arrival. Meet in a public location and do not meet in secluded, dimly lit areas. Attempt to verify the identity of the individuals requesting locksmith services through a state ID or driver's license. Report any suspicious events and report incidents to police immediately. For all of you, especially those locksmiths who might be in the Milwaukee area, use extreme caution. And for locksmiths that follow the show in other areas, just be on alert because if this is happening in Chicago and Milwaukee areas, they might continue to spread. Other people might get the same idea after reading these stories. So use extreme caution, please. 
And then we have what I would consider a sort of related article out of Midwest City, Oklahoma. It was entitled, It's Just Some Really Bad People Out There. Oklahoma Man Claims Crooks Stole His Truck Despite It Being Keyless. An Oklahoma man is warning others whose vehicle has keyless entry feature. The man said his girlfriend came into the bedroom and she was like, babe, your truck is gone. And he went outside and sure enough, it was gone. KFOR obtained surveillance footage of a truck speeding down a street. Ross believes it's his truck. He told KFOR that the theft was shocking because he only has one key. He's quoted as saying, I have the key to the truck and there's only one key. So I've never had a spare or anything like that. I just always had the one key. And I didn't think the truck would have moved with me having the key, but I was wrong. Locksmiths with the Oklahoma City Security Lock Service told KFOR, it's not easy to steal a truck like Ross's Dodge 2500. You have to have the key or the right equipment. Wasim Aruk with Security Lock Service said it has to be an experienced person. A locksmith usually gets training to do those types of jobs. The lock service told KFOR the job would require someone obtaining a PIN code from a computer. Now, there were actually a rash of, or have continued to be a rash of these uh, Dodge pickup thefts in here in Oregon. So... I just heard of another one that happened just a week ago, and several people uh, down the street from me here had them happen a few months ago. So I would uh, debate the fact that it is not easy to steal one. I don't know if maybe they're missing there's an exploit or if just there's too many programmers out there in in the hands of uh, criminals, but they definitely seem to be a high value target. And in my area, from what I've heard from my friends and seen online, it seems to be a disproportionate number of Dodges versus Ford or Chevy. So just something to be aware of. If you own one, you might want to think about some sort of additional security. They're a very expensive truck and you don't want to be caught off guard. The next story is out of Watford, UK, the Watford Observer. It was titled Notorious Thief Jailed After Stealing Multiple Bikes in Watford. It says. John Smith stole bikes mostly from the High Street and Rixmanworth Road areas between June and August. He was arrested on Thursday, August 5th, after he was stopped in Watford Town Center and found to have a set of Allen keys, bolt croppers, and a lock-picking tool on his person, as well as two suspected stolen bikes. A search of his property subsequently revealed even more suspected stolen bikes, which were seized by the police. He was charged with 10 counts of theft of a pedal cycle, one count of going equipped for theft, one count of breach of criminal behavior order. Smith, who had been remanded into custody after being charged, appeared in court to be sentenced on Friday, September 3rd. The 34-year-old of Chow Square in Dalston, London, was sentenced to 12 months in prison. Now that he has been convicted and sentenced, police have issued photographs of the recovered bikes in hope that they can return them to the people they belong to. The local police are quoted as saying, Smith is a notorious thief and clearly has no qualms about targeting honest and hardworking people. We are pleased that he has received a custodial sentence and is no longer free to commit his crime spree, which harmed the community. We have already reunited one bike with its rightful owner, 
but we are now releasing images of others that we currently have stored in the hope that we can return them to their original owners. So it sounds like he used a variety of methods to steal bikes between the Allen Keys bolt cutters and lock picking tools that he had on his person while he was actively stealing bikes. We don't know to what extent he used each of those, but he definitely was prepared. First up in sales, iFisk sent in a sale by thinkpeterson.com. They sent a note saying, today's special, we are closing out our line of high durometer rubber picks. The only reason we had them in the first place was due to a mistake made by a past molder. Instead of our famous soft rubber handles with full tang insert, he used a different rubber that was much firmer. No code required, no minimum requirement. And to make it more interesting, we have created a small everyday carry pick set from these picks. The name of the set is HD-Closeout, and the part number is HDC-GSR. The kit contains a 3-inch fold-over case, the I-like bent turning tool set, the government steel bent with a twist turning tool that we recently announced, and the following hydrometer picks the H1, LR, PR, DR, DP, and the TR. I'm not even familiar with what those are. Anyway, they say the pick set would have a value of $94, but since they're closing out the line, it is being offered for $65. The picks themselves were intended to be $15 each, but because they did not have the rubber we specified, we have been selling them at only $10. Actually, they have been selling rather well at that, but now that the inventory is getting lower, we are reducing the individual picks to only $6.50 each. If you want some Peterson picks, this might be a good opportunity to get some at an affordable cost. Also, it looks like at the time of this recording, the sale is still going on at Matt's Lock Pit. So you can find the link in the show notes. Vent's new Lockmaster picks, uh, still on sale, 10% off with the code LOCKNOOB10. Link in the show notes. That is good through the end of the month. 3dlocksport.com, 10% off with the code LSCAST10. Mako Locks, 15% off with the code BUYMAKO. UKLockPickers.co.uk, 10% off with the code GIFT. Those ones don't seem to have any expiration. For giveaways, we still have the Vent giveaway for the XB Mods custom handles for their new Lockmaster pick sets. That runs through the 30th, so still a little bit of time to get on that if you are listening early. Sec Filameth 100 subscriber giveaway is coming close to an end, which is September 30th. By the time you hear this, he will have made all of his videos with all the questions he wants answered. So you still have time to get your answers in and get entered if you want. Lock Kraken September giveaway still running through the end of the month, as far as I know. So get over there and check that out if you haven't already. Of course, CLK Supplies has their weekly giveaway, their Lock Boss giveaways. So you can check those out if you're interested. And yes, I'm still doing my Pack Luck a Month giveaway through the end of the month. Um, or you can get a $20 gift code for hooligankeys.com instead. But I've got to do videos here this week for the uh, Romy's Corbin Lock. And I'm going to try and maybe do a live stream while I'm at it. It's been crazy busy. I'm feeling a little burned out. <laughs> this is a lot. It's a lot to keep up with every week. But um I'm trying to to get things done to move the Lockie Awards forward, and I'm trying to stay up on all of this as well as working my job and family stuff and a car that keeps wanting to have 
problems. So just feeling a little burned out, but hopefully we get past this and get back to normal. And that brings us to the close of the show. So thank you everyone for listening. And just remember, send me any information you have that is Locksport related, anything at all, doesn't matter how big or small, somebody probably hasn't sent it to me already. So you might as well do it and you can get credit and get thanked on the show for doing so. So, uh, yeah, thank you for all your support and remember to keep it legal.